Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. He's set up to continue to have success at the major league level. It's, it's, it's incredible and it's kind of beautiful at the same time. And uh, I don't think it's uh, going anywhere in any fashion. This, this guy has major league caliber uh, stuff. He brings a different look to the mound. And I don't mean, you know, with the facial hair, I mean, with, uh, with the stuff that he has, you don't see it happen this way very often, but when you spend time around Randy Dobnak, you are not surprised that he is able to do it. TCL is a proud sponsor of the score North studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. You know, I actually was kind of hoping that Rocco Baldelli was going to confirm. You know what? He does have Major League stuff, Randy Dobnak, and we do like him a lot. Pretty good pitcher. But uh, we gave him five years and $9.5 million because he has amazing facial hair. His look on the mound is just great. And we just need some of that in this organization for the next five years. I yeah. was really hoping that that would be the case. Well, we needed some rec specs around here, and now we got them. <laughs> now we're going to keep them around for the next five years because of that. Which, uh, Judd, you go back. You've watched Twins baseball for uh, longer than Declan and I. How many rec spec guys have the Twins had in their organization? Oh, well, I mean, just on the Big League Club, since I've started to watch them in 78, um, I, I don't know if they've had one outside of... Did, Matt Kinney. Matt Kinney, did, um, that pitcher they, they acquired like 20 years ago, had a Rex back. Did the Vanimal ever wear Rex backs? Oh, yeah. yes. That's the one. Van okay. Animal. Okay. The Vanimal. I, I recall, but that's probably about it, right? I can't remember anybody else. I can't remember. I don't remember anybody in baseball outside of maybe catchers in the 80s who wore them. Right? Because I... I don't. This this seems like a research project for a, for a future Mount Rushmore edition of Mackie and Rec- Mount Rushmore of twins because Dobnik takes the player. cake there with the Rexpex and the great uh, facial hair. In fact, I I tweeted a few days back. He really should go nineteen um, seventies mutton chops. Like he oh, should just go the, for it. Just go mutton chops. You Do know what, the old seventies mutton chops. Now that I think of it, too, Randy Dobnak looks like a biker. Looks like oh, a yeah. biker. Look, yeah. Looks like he might want to visit DennisKirk.com, mm. boys. He's got That's the money, right. too. He does he, now. He certainly I mean, could afford the. He certainly could afford it. Yeah, and like, and here's the thing: like, Dennis Kirk has very affordable parts, but like Randy Dobnak could buy all of the things at DennisKirk.com. <laughs> in fact, a hundred sixty thousand parts and accessories in stock for Randy Dobnak to buy. 
clothing and helmets. Order before 8 p.m., and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free on orders over $89. Best in the business, whatever you ride, Harleys, cruisers, sport bikes, you'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com. Everything you need for your ride. So uh, this is a happy day for us. We are three guys who, despite the national trend of interest in sports, still love baseball and love talking twins every single day. So Judd and I, I think it's been a few years, probably going back to the 1500 ESPN years of our radio show, and we used to have a daily segment called Talking Twins, and we would bring on Roy Smalley, and we would bring on Glenn Perkins, and we'll bring on some guests throughout the year too, but we figured let's, let's dust it off, let's bring back. Last year we had so much fun breaking Twins games down like they are football games. So, so on today's show, we will dive into later Talking Twins, and this will be basically a daily feature going forward on Mackie and Judd. So um, if you're looking for daily Twins conversations, we can promise you we're going to talk Twins probably more than just about anyone the rest of the summer as long as they are relevant and fun to discuss. And another announcement, Judd, Declan, and our friend Jake DePew, formerly of the Scornor Twin Show and formerly Curse of Punto on Twitter, you guys are going to start bonus Talking Twins episodes, deep dives into the Twins every Monday on the Mackie and Judd podcast feed and the Score North YouTube channel. So... Whew. Twins better get off to a Deep good start dives, so we baby. don't buzzkill talking Twins. <laughs> Deep dives on uh, the yeah. Twins. Uh, so we'll get to that, but boys, let's start with some statements from the weekend. Things we observed, things we learned, things we have opinions on. Judd Zolgad, please lead us off with your first statement. Okay, statement one in light of what transpired in Egan this weekend with the signing of a couple free agent. Wait for it. Defensive players. Mackenzie Alexander, a cornerback, uh, returning the Vikings after one year stay with the Bengals, and Xavier Woods, a safety from the Cowboys, who will replace Anthony Harris. My statement is this. Mike Zimmer has never had a better offseason, at least for himself. Dalvin Tomlinson <laughs> at defensive tackle. In. Patrick Peterson at cornerback. In. Mackenzie Alexander at nickel corner, probably. In. Xavier Woods at safety in, and I won't be surprised if they take a pass rush end in the first round. Mike Zimmer has never had a more fulfilling football-wise offseason than the offseason of 2021, and it's not done. Judd Zolgad, here's my, actually, here's my first statement, mostly for, for, for Declan here. Judd Zolgad is the king of backhanded compliments. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> 100%. It's who he is. <laughs> Do you wake up and just have like ten backhanded compliments pop in your head? Like, oh, this is great. I can, uh, I can, I can tell the twins just how much Randy Dobnak's rec specs are going to be worth the nine million dollars in the investment when he's on the mound at Yankee Stadium. Whether he's given up seven earned runs or nine, you know he's going to look good in those rec specs. The backhanded compliments only come from the, the they're fueled by those who get excited about things that are mediocrely okay. You know, like the Vikings have no offense. Dobnik signs and people are like, this is great. Dobnik signed. And I say, hold on a second. What about Barrios and Buxton though? Are you working on them? So I am fueled. I am fueled by the fact that people can so overlook what the storyline should be. The Dominic signings, that's great. Now, now, what about Barrios? What about Buxton? This is where I am fueled by, because I feel like in this town, we celebrate things 
that should be they're stocking stuffers. Like like we act like a stocking stuffer is a Christmas Day present. They're not. That's an orange, okay? It's an orange. It's good. Eat it. But it's not below the tree. Like the Burrios contract, that's below the tree. Get excited about that. So, okay, on your Vikings Zoom, and by the way, we did a deep dive. We argued about this on Purple Daily today. I think we both have questions about the vision, but to your point about this being a great offseason for Mike Zimmer, that's what matters to them. Like, he's the head coach, and he needs to feel going into a year in which the pressure is going to be cranked up high and the expectations are to at least get back to the playoffs, and then who knows what their expectations are beyond that. So through that prism of get better and make Mike Zimmer more comfortable, they actually have had a really good offseason. Like they, I think they still need a little bit more pass rush, and we'll see if they can add that you know, either through another bargain bin free agent signing or the draft. But like through that prism, this has been a really successful offseason to make Mike Zimmer feel comfortable and to get this team back at least to a respectable or better defense, etc. So, um, all right, now that I just showered the Vikings with praise, Here's my first statement. And this is, I'll preface this by saying, I bring this upon myself by spending every weekend arguing with people on Twitter about Kirk Cousins. So that's the preface. People who love Kirk Cousins, the Cousins cult, as I will call them, have a warped perception of what great quarterback play actually looks like. And it kind of goes back to Judd's point about I feel like we've set our bar so low here as Minnesota sports fans and followers and media guys, right? Like, the Lynx have given us championships, but the men's teams have given us no championships in 30 years. And so we've sort of we've sort of set the bar at like, oh, if you can get to the playoffs and then maybe give it a good try. If your quarterback can put up some good stats, then, like, we can celebrate it, right? Like, Adrian Peterson can run for 2,000 yards, and it doesn't matter that you get bounced in the first round of the playoffs. Like, all that matters are these these lower-level goals. And so I want your guys' input on two main discussions that were ongoing on my Twitter page this weekend. We'll start with argument number one here. This is from the Cousins Cult, okay? Someone from the Cousins Cult said to me, quote, Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback the Vikings have had in 20 years. Agree or disagree? Mm. No, because Culpepper's yeah. 2000 to, I mean, Culpepper's 2004 was MVP like. Yes. So, like, if you can't say that, like, I understand what Cousins brings, and he does bring stability. I don't think he's a Super Bowl quarterback, but um, no, you can't say in 20 years because Culpepper's 2004 was off the charts good. Like, I, yeah, really good. Dante, Dante's peak of that 2004 season. Kirk's never been on that level. I see what you uh, uh, Like, Kirk is probably on, on, like, a graph, like Judd was saying. Like, he is more consistent. I know what I'm getting it there. And Dante had, you know, he had a couple bad years mixed into there. A lot of fumbles, a lot of turnovers. But peak Dante, and maybe it was biased because I was such a young fan, but when peak Dante was on, it was must-see TV, and he flirted with an MVP. Kirk Cousins' best situation, best season he's ever had is the second, the third string Pro Bowl quarterback. I mean, good, stable, but David Garrard makes quarter, big Pro Bowls, dude. Like, I don't care about that. And Favre's 2009, also off the charts. Yeah. So, like, there's no, no. It's just no. not true. It's just. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, 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 these were my arguments as well. And it's just like an, ar- an army of, of Kirk Cousins stands 
came at me. I mean, you guys nailed it. Both of those guys, 09 Favre, 04 Culpepper, were both in the MVP running. Yeah. Both guys helped lead the Vikings to NFC Championship games, Culpepper in 2000 and Favre in 2009. Um, and then some people are going to say, yeah, but, like, what about the defenses? I mean, Kirk's defense was terrible last year. Well, it wasn't terrible in 18 or 19. Culpepper had really bad defenses basically his whole career with the Vikings in the early 2000s. So, all right, and then the, and then the second one that, that generated hours and hours of discussion on Twitter, someone from the Cousins cult said, quote, Kirk Cousins is better than three of the quarterbacks who have won a Super Bowl over the last eight years. Here's the list. Tom Brady, uh, Patrick Mahomes, what? Russell Wilson, oh, I, I see, I see. Nick Foles, and Peyton Manning. Can you find three guys on that list that Kirk Cousins is better than? Look, or I, to ask it differently, how many is he better than? He's better than Nick Foles. I know Nick Foles went on that run, and it was unbelievable. But he's a better quarterback than Nick Foles. But Nick Foles went on that run, and sure. it was unbelievable. Right. I think I, he, mean, I think in terms of Flacco and Eli, it's like it's a wash to me. I mean, I I think Eli more. Well, those than, guys aren't those guys aren't on this list. on that list either. Yeah, I, I mean so, he's, a, he's he's a better quarterback. Let than me Nick give Foles. it again: Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes, Nick Foles, Peyton Manning, and Russell Wilson. This, by the way, I, I bring this up because it literally generated hours of like arguing back I'll and forth. I'll chime in after Dex is done. I mean, Dex, go ahead. Peyton was a shell of himself. But he was still Peyton bleeping Manning, and it was arguably one of the best defenses of all time. Um, I would say he's better than Nick Foles. Even though Nick Foles went on the run and it was insane, he's, he's better than Nick Foles, and that's it. That's the only one I'd say he's better than. Yeah, right. I would agree with that. And so here's the, But here's the thing, okay? So the Broncos. Because I'm the guy who said, Manning won a Super Bowl, congratulations. It disgusted me to watch you play when you were so good, and, it was, and the ball was fluttering through the air. So I'm the one that criticized Peyton for playing that year. But let me tell you this about Peyton and what the Broncos thought, and here's the difference between getting to the Super Bowl and winning it. That Broncos defense was unbelievable, right? Now the Vikings are trying to do the same thing. I don't know if they're going to do that, but they're trying to. But what did Peyton have and the Broncos knew it? Even washed Peyton had the radar in the back of his, basically had eyes in the back of his head and his delivery was so fast that no matter any deficiencies his line had to his last day, he could get rid of the football and Kirk does not. So the conversation is, can Kirk replicate what Peyton did? He has more physical ability than Peyton did at the very end for Peyton, but he doesn't have the radar to deliver the football in time. So you are still talking about a quarterback who can't get you to ultimately where you want to go because of deficiencies, which is why he needs a really good left side of his line. Yeah, this so this discussion officially jumped the shark when I had a couple people coming at me with the he's better than 2014 or whatever year, uh, Russell Wilson. Whoa. Which I was like, Dude, I mean, you guys need to t- just take a step back. How, take a step back from, what's the, from the Kool-Aid for what's, a second. What's why? Like, Oh, what what was their rationale could, for that? Because Kirk puts up more passing yards. Like, that's literally the argument. Um, on oh, the other okay. two guys that you bring up, so so 2015 Peyton Manning was definitely <laughs> washed. I mean, that dude was – they benched him for um, Brock Osweiler. Brock Osweiler. I think yeah. at one point. And then he came back. I think Osweiler might have gotten hurt or something. And then Peyton came back for the playoff stretch. And Denver's defense definitely carried the load for that run. But and this and I am an analytics guy through and through. I am a 
I am a baseball reference, Fangraphs, PFF, Football Outsiders, Junkie. Um, like, give me all the spreadsheets and all the analytics. Even that said, there are a lot of things in football, especially, that are just not possible to quantify. Things that just, like, like things that Peyton Manning does as a leader behind the scenes to build winning DNA for four years in Denver. And whether he's playing at his peak or not, like, the operation is so honed. Um, like, those are immeasurable things that he brings to the table. And sometimes you wonder, like, well, how did that guy win a Super Bowl and that guy did like how did Tom Brady like turn that Buccaneers team around oh it must have been the defense no it was Tom Brady because <laughs> he's because he's Tom Brady and he's a leader and he teaches and he helps and he works with people and he understands offensive lines and things like that right on the Nick Foles front yeah Kirk Cousins body of work is a better quarterback than Nick Foles but Nick Foles when the lights were the brightest and when his team needed him the most playoff run he played the best football of his life now he hasn't been able to replicate it like over 16 games. He's like the ultimate. I'm gonna. I would just need four weeks of great play. Can you give it to us? And Nick Full, uh, Nick Foles, like three times in his career has done that. And so, anyways, I'm just saying like Kirk Cousins cult members need to just pump the brakes a little bit on thinking that he's entitled to a Super Bowl because he's better than Nick Foles with the Eagles a few years ago. All right. So, and end rant. All right. Dex? Over to Dex. All right, I'll, I'll keep up the Vikings here. It's a new day for the Vikings defense. Wow. But it's time to address the offense. That is my statement. <laughs> for God's sakes. I mean, I, I I love Xavier Woods is great. He was like, we talked about this on Purple Daily. He was honestly one of the good linchpins there in Dallas uh, who have mostly been a sieve on defense for the last few years, despite a lot of good talent being there and injuries always pile up for them. And I like Patrick Peterson. You know, I, I I like what the Vikings are trying to do, fortifying the nose tackle and three technique and the meat and potatoes of defensive football. Clearly, this is a this is, these are moves to please Mike Zimmer. But now you need to go into the draft, or you need to make a trade for some very established, incredible offensive lineman. And also, if you want to trade back and get one of these awesome wide receivers, the, the, this is going to be one of the best wide receiver draft classes ever. And if you want to trade back, and there's an opportunity to get another wide receiver and go three deep, do that. I made my case for Kyle Pitts even. Do that. I want to see another offensive weapon on this team. And if it's not an offensive weapon, I'll take the big fat guy at the left tackle. That's fine. That's a good little consolation prize. But it's a new day for the Vikings defense, but it's time to address the offense. I know someone who doesn't agree with you. Mike. The head coach. Because let's keep addressing the defense. Yeah. Brutal. Do they have... Hold on real quick. Do we know... Do they have any offers like that you know of that are out right now, Judd? Uh, like, like it's Forrest. Yeah, Lamp they've got an offer out to Lamp, like, but I, I think my guess is, I think they've had an offer out for about a week now to Lamp, and I, my guess is that they've got the same problem with him that they have with that they had with Woods, which is where they lowballed Woods, and he said, "No, I won't take that," and then he came back and said, G- "Give me this with incentives, blah blah blah," and they said, "Okay." So I think Lamp gets done if they up the offer slightly, which does not mean that they're going to break the bank for Forrest Lamp. Yeah. But yes, yeah, I think they're trying to get. But but Forrest Lamp is just an upgrade on Dozier. Like he's not an answer. It's all a very short term fix. And and I think that they are pursuing um, left guards and left tackles. But they're all short term fixes because I mean, Phil, what you've been saying it's just crystal clear. It's absolutely correct. They are all in on defense. And they want to fill out the line with living, breathing humans. 
But that's not the big thing here. The big thing is that they are going to come back in their minds and dominate defensively. So we can uh, dissect it from we there. Shall, we shall see. We can dissect back it from job. there. All right, next statement. I uh, I actually got a night job on Friday and Saturday, boys. I was stringing for the Pioneer Press. They sent back me to, in the game. Back, back in the on, newspaper I was back game. on deadline in the newspaper game. They sent me to the Wolves and Rockets. You even had an aggressive rewrite in that first game, I'm guessing, right? Oh, it was. I mean, they, the, just a, a jolting comeback by the one of the most gutty wins in Wolves history. I had a, I had the story all written. It was all done. The Wolves had been done, been down by, what, 19 points. And I think they were down by 16 with seven minutes plus left in that game. And went on a 22-0 run. You talk about aggressive, you talk about aggressive deadline pressure. That was it. Did, did you do the thing that I see a lot of modern sports beat writers do, which is go on Twitter and complain about having to rewrite your no, story? No, because that takes time. That's on deadline. <laughs> no, I didn't have time for that crap. I was rewriting. I think we need to make rules for sports writers, like self-awareness rules for sports writers. Mm-hmm. Don't complain about middle seats on airplanes to spring training in Florida. Don't complain about having to rewrite a sports story. Uh, like because the fourth quarter changed drastically on but, you. But why would you go? And don't complain about don't complain about the food spreads in media press boxes either. That's another. One. Why would you go on Twitter and actively use time complaining when times against you? It's a good question. That's like checking down on third and twenty late in a game. You got to get the first down. You got to get. Gotta go. You got to matriculate downfield. All right. So <laughs> after watching the Wolves Rockets debacles, and this was awful on Friday and. Saturday night at Target Center, and I watched them very closely. I mean, I was engaged as a as, as a good beat writer should be in lieu of having to cover for my friend, Jace Frederick. Here's my statement. The Wolves' problem is not coaching. I think that Chris Finch is an upgrade for sure, so I'm not saying he's not doing or that he's doing a bad job. Chris Finch, Chris Finch is an upgrade on Ryan Saunders. He's got more experience. But I don't care if the coach on Friday and especially Saturday was Ryan Saunders, Chris Finch, John Wooden, or Bobby Knight. It doesn't matter. The Wolves in both games, aside from a very brief period of time in the fourth quarter on Friday, were an absolute disgrace. And this has nothing to do with, they're a young team, give them time. This has nothing to do with, oh, they don't have as much talent as Team X, Y, or Z. The Houston Rockets... I believe after they won on Saturday, Phil had had won going into that game so, something like one of 23 games, okay? They had lost 20 consecutive games. They are a train wreck. They do not care at this point. John Wall, God bless him, is jacking up shots from my house in St. Louis Park, and they were playing downtown. Um, the problem here is not coaching. The problem here is attitude. It's engagement. And I will tell you this, too. It's a very hockey thing. It's effort as well. Like, are you, what are you doing? And here's what frustrated me the most. Carl Anthony Towns postgame did postgame pressers, Zoom calls both times. Says all of the right things, okay? Like, says all of the right, he knows what he's supposed to say. But does he do them and does he lift players up during games around him? Fourth quarter, Friday, the 22-0 run, he was marvelous and single-handedly did a really good job. But I'm talking about the overall big picture. Is he lifting Ant up? Ant is getting into really bad habits to where two of the last three games after Friday, he had been benched at the end of games. 
Like Finch deemed him not that he couldn't put him back in games to finish. Um, this is not a coaching thing right now. This is a team thing, and I'm afraid that they're going to have to make changes to alter this, and Chris Finch is going to be the first guy to say, we got to do something here. Yeah, and honestly, like, you might use the word afraid there. Like, if, if he de- – I think Anthony Edwards should be on this team going forward for a million different reasons, even though there are some flaws that need to be ironed out. I, for the first time – am removing Carl Anthony Towns from my do not touch trade list. If you think like this is the this is what you have to figure out. Is he a guy that you're going to be able to get something out of as a centerpiece to a team that can get back in the playoffs and 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 show some forward momentum in the next like 2 years? Cuz if not, if he's not part of the, the big time solution that that jolts you forward, Somebody will give up multiple first round picks for his talent, thinking, oh, he can be the Chris Bosch to, you know, yes. to, he can be the second or third guy that puts us over the top. I mean, there's a lot of teams. Just think about if, if he can be brought into a Warriors culture, or, and I'm not saying they have a need for him right now either, um, but somebody would give up a lot to get him. And I can't believe I'm saying this because I've been saying build around him. He's a generationally talented big man who's one of the best shooters in the NBA. But if he's not actively making the culture better and if he's not leading at this point in his career and he's not doing things that you need him to do, then it might be better to explore that option. Like, it is not normal to get smoked back-to-back nights by the Rockets. And I say smoked because I get that you went on a 22-0 yeah. run to win the first game, but, like, totally with they you. smoked you two nights in a row. Yeah. And they are the worst team in the NBA. They're worse than you are. Yeah. That's not normal. And it's not like you have a bunch of guys out with injury here, okay? Delo's out, but you should not be getting smoked with Carl Anthony Towns and some of the other pieces that are around him. So, kind of with you, like I think they should just explore a lot of different things this offseason, especially, especially if they keep their pick. If they can keep their pick, yeah, then it then it might become a Cade Cunningham and and um, Ant Edwards backcourt that you look to build around and. Maybe you look to trade some pieces that you otherwise wouldn't have looked to trade. Who does he lift up? That's my question. Who does he lift up? Like, he's the type of player who needs to lift. He should be that good. Who does he lift up? Doesn't have that personality. Um, All right. I'm going to this next one for me. My next statement is actually brought to us by Federated Mutual Insurance Company because Federated is a proud supporter of Gophers Athletics, as you can see on our YouTube channel. uh, We always have the, uh, the Gophers M next to the Federated logo. And Federated has been helping business owners for over 100 years, giving business owners peace of mind, risk management tools and resources. And with MyShield, which is the online client destination for risk management resources, uh, they have upped the game for you business owners out there. Find out more at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. And I bring up Federated because my statement is I love the aggressiveness of Ben Johnson in his first week as Gophers coach. You see who he reached out to and talked to on the phone this weekend? Chet Holmgren, the number one recruit in the entire nation. Good, yes. That's awesome. Who's like 90%. He hasn't like signed on the dotted line with with Gonzaga. But Ben Johnson basically said, all right, I'm going to shoot my shot here. He's also reached out to a bunch of former Minnesota high school players uh, that are in the transfer portal. So I just love it. Like his first thought isn't, oh, we're never going to get him. It's, I'm going to call him. I don't care. 
You're telling me there's a chance, right? (laughs) You might as well make the phone call. So I love the aggressiveness of Ben Johnson. That's the tone to set. That is Mm -hmm. the absolute tone to set. You go into the bar and act like you're the best-looking guy there. And if you're not, (laughs) who cares? It's the attitude. 100%. It's Declan Goff doing the Vince McMahon walk into... Any give free house. By the way, name boys, your, name your north. I went down a wrestling rabbit hole oh, I know. last night that I can't wait to talk to you guys about tomorrow. I can't wait either. I was Judd, ex- so, Judd explains wrestling back on tomorrow. I was so far down that rabbit hole. I love me some clobbering time. Um, <laughs> all right, my next statement: Minnesota is the state of hockey and the state of basketball. So this weekend, obviously, the college hockey tournament was going on. You had St. Cloud State, go Huskies, University of Minnesota Duluth, Minnesota State Mankato, because everyone always freaks out about the names of Minnesota State MSU. But three of the four Minnesota teams are going to be in the Frozen Four. It's great. It's awesome. I, I think that's phenomenal. The Gophers weren't able to do it. Bemidji State also got knocked out. But that's all right. Three of the four teams are going to the Frozen Four. However, though, in March Madness, you have Paige Buchers, who's balling out for UConn. Yep. Jalen Suggs is also a stud at Gonzaga. It, it's Awesome to see. I mean, I, I know everyone, we, the state of hockey moniker, you know, it's kind of even a little comical sometimes. Like, even I can laugh at it. But when the b- basketball is literally just on the cusp of it, and it's important to, notif- like, to notice and shout out all the great basketball players that this state produces. And like, to, right to Phil's point, like Ben Johnson reaching out to the top recruit in Minnesota, that's huge. And we need to also accept the fact that, Yes, the professional team might be kind of a laughing stock for the majority of their 30 years, but this state produces some unbelievable prep basketball talent. That's a a freaking men. Yeah, it's been fair. Yeah. I Off mean, not to not to be Buzz Killington, don't gloss over another Gopher hockey meltdown in uh, the lead up to <laughs> the Frozen is. Four. That, there he is. Like, what, wait, come on. That was very Motsko St. Cloud State like, Declan. Well, it was okay. So, two things off that. I think it was the Go- Gophers do this all the time. Especially in tournament challenge recent in recent years, they have the skill position players and they try to play a one on one. We are better and we have a more superstar style game and they don't play in their system and they get burned every time. Like that that this has happened to the Gophers before in the last ten years with Don and with Bob. To your Bob point, yes, I don't know. I mean, the guy's been to I think like eight regional finals. And I think he's only won one. He he flat out last night got out coached. Mike Hastings outcoached yeah. him. Mike Hastings had they Mankato had a game plan and they're Mankato, okay? Minnesota State's this ne- I will never, ever, ever use that. Uh, but they had a game plan. They they executed it perfectly. And the Gophers looked sort of just lost. Yeah. It was, it was I'm glad I'm glad Mankato won. It's very cool that they're going to the Frozen Four. I will say the Gophers effort was disturbing. Yeah, like it like it wasn't this great game where it's like, oh, you lost by a goal. That's tough. It was sort of this. Really, that's your that's your, you know, final effort. Just there? just one NHL draft pick on MSU's roster. So I mean, and and the Gophers have first round picks and they have a bunch of talent up and down. But yeah, they got out coached and completely outworked. Go Purple Cows. Yeah, no, good for them. <laughs> purple, purple Cows. cows. I, I, when good I called, for them. When I called St. Claude State games, baseball games, because like St. Claude and MSU were insane rivals for D two baseball. And um and I used to call a lot of the games. I used to call them the Purple Cows, and it got to the point where then like the Mankato teams would also pick up my stream because sometimes we'd be the only stream broadcasting the game there. And I got a lot of complaints about never using the word Mavericks and only using Purple Cows, uh, which only fueled the fire of an immature twenty-one-year-old St. Cloud State uh, sports broadcaster. So they're forever the Purple Cows to me. 
Amazing. I like it. Uh, any final st- any final statements, gentlemen? Judd? I have one more. Okay. Uh, I want to shout out my co-host for knowing their producer's lifestyle and sleeping habits. I am uh, talking about what happened this Saturday. <laughs> so actually, I actually was up at a decent hour for a Saturday. I was up at 9 a.m. on Saturday, which is wow. early for me. I'm typically up by like 7.45 on the weekdays, which is still maybe sleeping in for a lot of people. But I'm usually up. On the weekends, not till like 10 or 11. I will be in bed till 10 or 11. If I have a green light and I have no obligation in the morning, I am not leaving that bed until 10 o'clock. However, on Saturday, I woke up and I got pretty tuned up on Friday night. I can tell you that much. I, I, I've discovered a new wine bar. I texted you guys like, hey, guys, new wine bar in the North Loop. This is awesome. And uh, of course, Purple Daily starts and I see, oh, that's weird. There's a, there's a tweet on score. I was I always make sure because AJ was scheduling things too. So I was making sure things were going up. And lo and behold, in the first 60 seconds, Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad do an emergency episode of Purple Daily, and they just said, we didn't even bother telling Declan. It wasn't worth it. We know what he was doing last night. We know he likes to sleep, so we're going to handle it. So shout out to my coworkers for knowing their executive producer's lifestyle and uh, sleeping habits. Anytime. Yeah, I think I think the final, for us, the final. So should we, should we text Dex, wake him up here? No, nah, he was. A, he texted us about a wine bar last night. I think yeah. we should. I think we should let him. That was Phil's call too. Because I'm like, I don't care. What also, we do. not. A, I'm not a big wine guy either. Like it's just, it's not really my thing. So I, I went in with a rosé because I think that's like the easiest thing to drink for me. I just, it's basically champagne. Like, and, and, and champagne I can do. But yeah, it was a pretty cool spot. It was nice. Are you are you now a rosé guy? I could do some rosé. The only thing is, um, I have my mother's condition uh, where if I mix liquors, so if I'm like drinking beer and I go hard, or if I'm drinking bubbles and then I go like still, I get really bad rash and and red blotch all over my face and like neck. And it it doesn't like cause me discomfort, but like I get super self-conscious about it. So like I look like a half a leopard like on my face. So I I, I try not to mix the wine and then with the seltzer and then with the whiskey or whatever. And I, I will end up always doing this, but... It's something I always try to be aware of. Very smart. <laughs> yeah. I need to see this. I need to see, like, photo evidence. Oh, I have. I, so I keep photos for. Drunk oh, I, have, I, I have photo evidence. I'll, uh, I'll send one. I'm not putting it on the screen right now, but I, I will I'll maybe I'll text you one in the group chat. <laughs> I mean, I have, I have another statement, but I think it's too close to potentially burning a potential sponsor. And so <laughs> I want to think about how to bring. There's something. Don't do it. Involving a car dealership oh, no. that I'd like to bring up without burning bridges. I don't know if it's possible. Uh, I'll throw you guys off mic. I said this week in a, in a I don't want to get us in trouble here. Um, but I would, if you guys are down for it, love to fire up our first little uh, mini episode of Talking Twins do it. on this Monday. Powered by our friends at Whamatech. Now, if you're, if you're Randy Dobnak... You can probably afford any device you want at this point. He just signed a, you know, it's, it's, it's not a Clayton Kershaw contract, but, like, for him, it's a life-changing amount of money. It's like $9 million over five years. Mm-hmm. And so uh, if he's listening or watching on a broken-down phone, tablet, or laptop, he has a bunch of different options. He can do whatever he wants. I would recommend Whamatech because Whamatech, you don't have to break the bank. You don't have to crack into you – can, you can put all that $9 million aside, and you can take a little sliver out because Whamatech – sources their own pre-owned devices directly and passes the savings on to you. They'll even buy your old device for cash. Buy, sell, trade-in, or wholesale, whatever you need. Whamatech is here for you. They'll take care of you online at whamatech.com. It's a Minnesota-based company, W-A-M-A-T-E-K.com. What do you guys think of that Randy Dobnak extension? So I think a lot of people... 
might roll their eyes a little bit. Why would you lock him up for five years? I mean, has he he's sort of a borderline roster guy at this point. Um, you know, they, they, they're not even 100% sure if he's going to be a starter or a reliever. And he kind of came out of nowhere a couple of years ago. I like the move because it doesn't really – there's no downside at all. It's not like a $40 million contract. Right. And, if he, and if he does tap into his upside and becomes really, really good, you've got him under extreme team control, sort of like you have Kent Maeda under extreme team control for the next few years. So I really like the contract. I think it's an innovative way uh, that front offices go about trying to lock up players. Hmm. And, and most of the time when front offices throw a, a low-ball contract at someone like Jose Barrios, they say no because, well, wait a second. I mean, if I hit the open market, I might be able to make $20 million. I think Randy Dobnak might have been undrafted and has never really made, like, like he's never made, like, generationally life-changing money. And so you float that money to him, and he's like, sure thing. <laughs> I'll take $9 million and some team options in my bank. And so I kind of like it. I know a lot of people are poo-pooing it, but what do you guys think? I think it's absolutely fine. But, I mean, it is, like, yes, it, it's – it's a smart contract probably for both sides. Does it mean a lot? Absolutely not. But it's a smart contract for him. And I think so, so he was playing he was playing independent ball in a Detroit suburb as recently as 2016 and the Twins actually scouted him through YouTube. Mm-hmm. They never went and saw him. They scouted wow. him through YouTube and the signed him. YouTube. But then unfortunately by 2019 he got the game to start in Yankee Stadium. Um, in the ALDS, and that was not a great idea. But I think for who he is, this contract is fine. Don't, but don't. So wait, you're saying that the, the Twins found Randy Dobnak the same way that Neil Schoen and Journey found Arnell Pineda like 11 and years the ago? Same, and the same way that the Vikings found Moritz Boringer when they scouted him off the German oh. YouTube. Don't forget oh, about no. that. Mo, yeah, exactly right. But Mo anyway. Bo, but anyway, don't allow this to distract you. The shiny object of a new contract being reported from like what's going on with Buxton and Barrios. So I think it's fine, but it's also just to me a transactional thing. And if it works great and if it doesn't, that's fine too. Cause it's really not that expensive for the twins. Yeah, I, I, I like it too. I mean, especially too, if he's, if he has found this new slider pitch, cause I mean, he doesn't pitch to contact guys are going away in the MLB and I, I you know the, the twins problem with all those pitch to contact rotations in the early parts of you know, 10, 15 years ago, it's one thing if you have one of those guys. You can have one of those guys in your rotation. When you have five of them, it makes you even more hittable. So if he's able to put on a couple more ticks on the slider and he can discover something and become more of a strikeout pitcher, then, I mean, then it's a damn good deal. But outside of that, I think it's mostly been like a classic baseball luck story where you, you see starting pitchers like this get into runs where they, you know, they'll have 10, 15 starts of under three ERA, but then they end up getting bopped. And if he indeed has this new slider out pitch and the Twins just, I guess, can they sign me and teach me how to throw a slider? Because, like, that's their bread and butter right now. So I'm curious to where it goes. And I want the contract, too. I want the money and I want the slider in that order. I mean, listen, I think, so he's definitely a pitch-to-contact guy in an era where that has that has gone by the wayside. We were just seeing record strikeout numbers for basically a decade straight. And it just kind of seems like if you don't throw 97 miles an hour and have a 12 K's per nine or that you're worthless, right? And I think we've gone too far with that. I think there is still some value for, especially just in terms of just mixing up what teams are seeing, there is still some value in the guy that throws what they would call a heavy sort of sinking fastball and a guy that's just that's throwing darts that are diving below hitters' knees. Randy Dobnak 
in 2020 induced a 62% ground ball rate. League average is like 46% or something. He's one of the most extreme ground ball inducing pitchers in all of Major League Baseball. And they also have something on on Fangraphs.com where they'll tell you um, like what percentage of contact was hard hit contact, medium hit contact, <laughs> and soft hit contact. And Randy Dobnak, I'm just trying to add this up on the fly here, 75% of the contact he induces is medium to soft. Like he's just getting weak contact off the trademark, off the handle, off the end of the bat more than a lot of other pitchers. And so, like, you, no, he's not going to be a flame. Even if he adds a pitch, like, he's not going to be a sure. flamethrower that, that gets you, you know, 15 strikeouts. He's not going to be a Raldis Chapman pumping 103 in his prime. <laughs> um, but I think as a guy that can come in and get some ground balls, and I, would I want him out there for eight innings, you know, third and fourth time through the order? No. Or game would two? Would I want him out there for maybe four-inning chunks? Yeah, would, for sure. Would you want him to pitch game two of the ALDS in, let's say, Yankee Stadium. Probably not. Yes. He's like like Randy Dobnak is the type of guy that if you use him right, he's going to help you mm-hmm. max out your 162-game season. But if you're going to put him in Yankee Stadium against Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton and expect him to face those guys two or three times in a start, yep. like it's all about putting him in a spot that makes sense. And so, um, so I like, I think, it, yeah. And plus, he does have a great avatar. He just looks good yeah, just on the good, mound. Really good mustache, Respects. good specs. Good yeah. stuff. Looking, uh, looking good. Are you guys, like, my other question on, on talking twins here for you guys today, I thought after giving it 30 days throughout November last year, I thought I'd be fine. I thought after an off season of whatever the twins will end up doing, I thought, all right, I'll, I'll get over this in time for the regular season. I am still very bothered by 18 straight playoff losses. I'm still bothered by the way they lost the Astros last year. And I think it's impacting my level of excitement for this season. I think 18 straight playoff losses has finally, like, I'm not out on the Twins, and I still think they're going to be really good this year, but I'm just like, it's still sort of a buzzkill even going back to six months ago for me. So Is that you, unreasonable? Do you, guys, do you guys at all feel the same emotion? Uh, yes and no. So I, I think that this is very much, um, despite the fact that it was a mistake, to do this at the time. I think this is very much expectation March 2011 on repeat. At the time, it was, can you beat the Yankees? Now it's not that. It's, can you beat anybody in a playoff game? I don't care if it's the, you know, the nuns down the street or the Astros, the Yankees, the A's, you take your pick. Um, And I think it's only natural that that after back-to-back AL Central titles, and I think that there is a fighting chance that the Twins are going to win a third consecutive one, that there is not going to be, or and there really shouldn't be, a true level of excitement about this team's progression until they prove that they can win a playoff game. So it's not that I'm not excited for the season and baseball to start, because personally I am, but my view of the Twins now is not, boy, I sure hope they can win a division title again. In year three, it's can you get back to the playoffs? And if it's a division title, that's fine. If it's a wild card, I don't care. That's not the important thing to me. It's get in and win a game. But the sad thing is, and this is what has to change, it's not win a series. It's literally win a game. You have lost 18 consecutive playoff games. I think there's going to be fatigue Let's from make that a pact. no matter what. Let's make a pact on this show. Okay. 
if and when the Twins win a playoff game, we pop champagne on the show, on the on the live stream because we'll probably do a live stream, you know, recapping and scoring our social media. Okay, let's pop champagne if they win a playoff game on the show. I'm down. Let's celebrate it. I'm down. I'm very Two much decades. down. I mean, I, I the the point I made on a couple seltzers and other things is is. I'm getting more excited because it's opening day and it's springtime and, you know, I even have tickets to the, act, to the actual opening day game. So, like, I'm excited to enjoy a, a seltzer at a baseball game and be able to enjoy it. But it's also, it, it's like the person who just continues to drag me along. I think there's going to be something more here. She's hurt me before, but this time's going to be different, man. This time's going to be different. No, I'm going to get crushed again. I know how that's going to work. So, I'm, I'm excited because spring's here. <laughs> But I know what's waiting for me around the corner, and I need someone else to prove it to me that it won't happen. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, all right, boys. That's very fair. Talking Twins is back. We are still wrestling with eight. I'm like, it hasn't talked about enough. Like, people are just saying, ah, I'll just kind of ignore that. It's, a, it's like a historically big deal mm-hmm. it's in a big deal. professional sports. Break it. And uh, this is your destination, Mackie and Judd. And also bonus episodes of Talking Twins on Mondays, too, on this podcast feed. And you can find all of our podcasts and Judd's written work and breaking news alerts for your favorite local sports teams on the Score North app. It's free to download. We have over 1,000 new registered users in the month of March so far. So thank you guys for downloading the Score North app. It's free. Uh, and it helps us as a show. It helps us as, a, as an entity as we look to grow uh, at Score North here. So we appreciate it. We appreciate TCL, our studio sponsor. Enjoy more of what you love with TCL. And we appreciate Declan uh, giving us props for letting him sleep in on Thank Saturday. You. That's what appreciate that's you. what a tight-knit show does. We look out for each other. <laughs> you encourage and, uh, your executive producers drinking, yeah, his, his drinking habits and sleeping hangovers. They might be lingering on Monday's show. You don't even know. No one ever knows. No one will ever know. You never know. never know. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you guys tomorrow on Mackie and Judd. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.